one, two, three, four, five. Welcome Kablooey. back to the TMCJ podcast. We're not streaming, you jackass. Oh, yeah, I was only streaming. <laughs> Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 95. Uh, for a little bit of context around that, a uh, little outburst there. No, it doesn't need context. No. Need. If, you want, if you want the context, come and watch us on twitch.tv forward slash Kaiser. Oh, and okay. all will be made clear. Ask in the chat. We are fairly good at keeping an eye on the chat these days. Yeah, actually, now that we have an active chat. Anyway, but yeah, so no more context. <laughs> Reasonably active. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, it's been a while. Um, I think this is the longest we've gone sit before doing a podcast because uh, our previous was every two weeks and it's been three. Oh. Yeah. 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 Doesn't time fly? It when really you've got does. A job, yeah. <laughs> Work, yep. new home. Um, but yeah, so yeah, a significant, yeah, a significant oh. event since uh, we were last on, and that was uh, the passing of Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth the mm. second, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I, I'm asking you. I think it's Queen Elizabeth the second. Cool. But yeah, she uh, uh, she passed away, and now there's a king for the first time in seventy years. Yeah, about that. Um, obviously, the last king was her father, who we watched in that. We haven't even recorded that movie night yet. <laughs> we haven't. So just actually, that's that's a nice little teaser for things that's coming up. Uh, we watched the king's speech for movie night uh, fairly recently, an excellent movie. Uh, I think one of the things both of us said was. It's one of those movies where, from beginning to end, there wasn't a single thing that was just, like, off-putting or... It just it was just good and satisfying from beginning to end. Just a good watch. So, but yeah, that's the story of, yeah, her father, uh, what was he, King... George. George. George VI. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so she passed, so there's been uh, quite a bit going on in the uk uh i know there was some kind of procession going on and her funeral was happening yep harry turned up for it um and apparently he had to pull his there's been a bit of controversy because he had to pull his wife back because she almost walked in front of some other people who were technically outranked them um, god he's the one that went on oprah to cry about how rich he was right yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Uh. Yeah. It's. It's interesting. We were watching some of the ceremony earlier. Being uh, in the, and. There was one. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but we we we, we see the comedic side in things sometimes. Mm. There was one choir boy, who was just like so much more committed than all the others. <laughs> and he just I'm sure someone's going to have made a meme actually probably not because it's a funeral but yeah. it's the internet so probably will um, you say that but that's actually something I've been kind of noticing that there's been a decided lack of I mean from the bit of bits of news that I, I do watch like it seems like there's been a fairly decided lack of anyone being irreverent about this like yeah, a, I mean, even Putin paid respects. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. For Actually, what worth. What, one of the one of the best because um, I was looking into some of what like different world leaders around the world said, and one mm. of the ones that um, 
was surprisingly like the most i i guess just i the, i can't think of the right word but it was it was the most like floridly worded and like really seemed like passionately said was bolsonaro head of like the president of brazil oh <laughs> so like here let me see if i can find it um because you guys so go on you were talking about you guys actually watched the funeral i take it uh yeah we watched um a part of it um yeah we were there, there was some there was some good hats i was saying i think you know in the queen's memory i think everyone should have worn fun hats mm. because she was kind of known for it um but yeah no it's it's uh, there was across the nation a lot of sadness but not many tears shed is is kind of it's one of those things where i think you said this when i first asked you about it uh was that um it, it she's kind of she lived a long fulfilled life um and you know i mean she was serving as the queen for as long as many probably most people in the uk have been alive yeah i mean was it 96 yeah and she she came to the throne at 25 so that's 70 something yeah. years and no retiring or anything like that um no she is a a british staple yeah um and it's gonna be a hard act to follow um yeah it was one of those things that you kind of hear it as like um, a, a trope in like uh, stories and like old movies and stuff. You know, the the queen is dead, long live the king. But that actually is. It was just it was weird hearing that said in real life and not in like some like Robin Hood story or something like that. Yeah, it, it's the small things like um, one of these friends was talking about. Oh, we got to sing, God save the king now. Mm. and save his I don't know um, well and they've also got to like pull your money back and it, it's now going to be printed with uh, the king yeah that's true It's it, actually I think they have to do that in the commonwealth places too like Canada and Australia yeah well apparently Canada got a day off as well hmm. <laughs> um, I mean it is, it's still a commonwealth technically I was I mean technically I think the royal family still owns huge Plots of land in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, just it's it's a sad thing, but there we go. End of an era. Mm. Um, That's yeah. it is weird to think about. That. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the uh, the one. Sorry, for... I found that quote. <laughs> no, I, I oh, I found it. I found it. Okay. Okay. This is what Bolsonaro uh, said. Oh God, this is a long one. Oh, and it's all in. I found it in Portuguese. Okay. Well, an inspiring quote. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you said that a lot of people have been raising, putting flags to half mast in America. Yeah. So the you know the our, our government here basically said that government offices for the same duration of like until her funeral would have them at half mast and i saw a lot of people just around my neighborhood putting them at half mast out of respect it's not mandatory or it's mm. not like you're not supposed to not it's not that you're not supposed to do it it's that you're 
If you make no. anything mandatory in America, people there's going to be less people doing it. Yeah, sorry, there's um, <laughs> mandatory is the wrong way to say it. I, like, if you have like an American flag flying, or if you have a flag flying in your yard, there's yeah. what are called flag codes. There's a there's a you're supposed to lower it and raise it on certain days, and you're there's ways yeah. you're supposed to like you can't dispose of it normally. Same over here as well, I think. Uh, it's I mean it's it's a fairly it seems like that sort of thing would be uh Except very... there's a lot less people with flagpoles in England. <laughs> yeah, you here I mean it depends on the, the area you're in or the neighborhood you're in, but um especially now that I'm up in a different state, uh they're everywhere. But mm. yeah. yeah. Are you still looking for that quote? I found it. I, I was trying to find the translation <clears throat> for it. I guess I'm just gonna give okay. up though. Uh <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so th that was something that happened. I just figured, like, we figured that we should talk about that right off the bat. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think, uh, as I said, uh, as Kaiser said, sorry, everyone's been very respectful. I haven't seen a single negative thing being said, even though I know, I know a fair few people who are very against the royal family, and they've kind of just shut up, hmm. they haven't said nothing, but I, do, I still don't understand why anyone would really be against the royal family. Yeah. I, I can understand particular members of the royal family, like, you know, the guy that's... What was it? Prince... And, no, not Prince Andrew. I don't know. One of them who accidentally hit someone with their car or something. Yeah. Uh, I totally get that. Harry, yeah, he's a bit of a plum. But, uh, yeah. I think, in his case, he just needs to stand up to his wife. Well... <laughs> anyway. No, but... Yeah, but Still, I, I yeah, I'm surprised that it's been you know that respectful. I think that that's one of the big arguments that I would see against the people who want to get rid of the institution of the monarchy in the UK or anything like that, because it does seem to be something that really does bring people together over there. Mm. Well, it brings people around every, all over the world. Yeah, I mean, well, they they also. I, Respect to her because she's been very apolitical for her entire reign. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, it's not like she refused to see Donald Trump or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was there was actually a point, oh, I was reading something um, in the days, like, after she passed. Somebody was talking about how, like, she was a way for Britain to maintain its relationships apolitically. Because even if say the prime minister disagreed with some particular person and out of politics couldn't meet with them the queen could and sort of you know smooth things over in that way it's it, it just anyway yeah so it happened sad we'll see how the how charles is although um i didn't like seeing the prime the prime minister had a, a, a small speech at the ceremony hmm uh, Liz Truss. The new one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you probably don't even know who Liz Truss is. I've heard the name. I knew Boris had either resigned or got out somehow and he was got being replaced. Out, yeah. Pretty much. Um, I recognize the name, but I, I don't know who she is. Liz, well, all I know her from is from a, a corny meme because she did. She, she made a really. a really cheesy, like, fake smile, thumbs up moment at a podium at one point. And so that's how, that's entirety of how I know. She just, I know this moved on to politics, but 
It, it really didn't feel... There was no gravitas in her speech, and I, I really just don't... I, I don't... I can't see any common ground with her. I think she looks like she's plotting something, <laughs> and she just doesn't have that, that fire. I don't know. But yeah, that was just briefly... I mean, I, I don't know enough about her, I should say. But yeah. those are my initial cover. From, from what little I, I see in, in British politics, like the Prime Minister seems to like get in and then not do anything. Or this day and age so much. Like they, like they don't seem to really change. It, it's the same problem we have a lot in the US. There seems to be like a mono party. Like doesn't matter what party they're a part of. They all kind of do the same shit. Mm. Anyway. I, obviously Biden pulling you guys out of... Um... Oh, that was such a disaster. Was a disaster, don't get me wrong. I mean, at least something's happening there. I mean, granted it was a very bad thing. But, like, up until today, I forgot that we even had a Prime Minister. Until I saw her speaking at the podium, and I was like, oh shit, she's the Prime Minister now? I feel like that's the way it is for a lot of people. They they don't, like, most of the politicians, they just kind of forget they exist until they do something annoying. Well, the news cares more about Ukraine and the Queen, understandably. But this time it's like, oh, it's a bit embarrassing that I don't know my own Prime Minister's name. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, in fairness, it did just change. All right. Mm. Let's move on from this yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. and move on to the other thing that we did in the interim, which we didn't do as much of this as I thought. And I think that speaks more than anything to the show itself. But we decided to actually watch The Rings of Power. And we watched... Well, yes, the first two episodes. Yeah, we saw the first two episodes when it first came out that first weekend. There have been two more episodes that have come out since then, and I just haven't felt any driving need to go back and watch them. No? And I'll... Like, I've got pages of notes on... And I, th I feel like we should maybe go, like, once we've watched the whole thing, or if we watch the whole thing, do a bit more of a deeper dive on it. Mm. But my thoughts coming out... Like, there were a few characters that I liked. Um, there were a few subplots yeah. that I liked. There was a lot I of cringe. I already know we have differing views on this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of cringe. Um, and I think if I can summarize the first two episodes, it's like somebody's Lord of the Rings themed D&D &D campaign. It's like it's it doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings, but it, it really feels just like like D&D &D campaign. With a Lord of the Rings like coat of paint on it. So you you liked the second episode, you didn't so much like the first episode, and I mm. liked the first episode and didn't so much like the second episode. I think it and it, what I think a lot of it comes down to is I really dislike the um the elf chick. Yeah, because they they remade her for because she was she was actually a pretty cool character in the movies. I remember like she didn't have like a huge screen presence. Uh, yeah, she was very rarely appeared in a white dressing gown and kind of ah touch forehead. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, she was basically just like this weird ethereal being that showed up and was all like woo mysteries and power and thing, and then she mm. disappeared. But even that much, I liked. I feel like maybe less was more because seeing her in this, she's just like Xena Warrior Princess number nine hundred and sixty-eight thousand, yeah. and she is insufferable. In fact, most of my notes on the first episode are, "Oh, look, she's getting good advice again. She's going to be a." I'm not. 
<laughs> but yeah. like every single time, like people would give her like sound advice or counselor, like, you know, you play this a little bit differently. And maybe that's what they were going for. I, I should clarify, like in the first episode or two, Galadriel, like her in the first episode in particular, she's obsessed like just absolutely obsessed to try and hunt down Sauron doesn't even like, and she's determined to take the bluntest, most straight line path possible. She doesn't want to like try any alternate plans. She doesn't care if she gets her men killed. She doesn't care if she commits political suicide. She's like, I'm going to do this one thing because I want to do it my way and fuck everyone else. And that was what was really getting on my nerves in that first episode. See, I find that quite refreshing. At least you know where you stand with her. Like, they keep coming up to her and saying, Oh, right, yeah, it's uh, it's time to retire, dear. Um, let's send you back off to the place where nothing happens so that you don't, you know, fuck around with what we're doing. Um, and shipping her off, literally. I mean... Um, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't a massive fan of her putting her troops' lives in danger, but at the same time, I mean, it was it was two extremes. It was one, I'm going to risk everyone's lives to find a danger that might not be there, or we're going to completely ignore any danger whatsoever. And I think hers is more rights because even if one person went back to the town after they found out that Mord that Mordor was still a thing, not Mordor, um, Sauron was still a thing, hmm. then you know they'd stop preparing for it, etc., etc., yeah. and it'd be the better move in the long run. But my, you see, my yeah. thinking on that is that like she probably would have had a better chance of accomplishing her goal if she had played the game a little bit, if she had been like more of a shrewd operative if she wasn't so blindly obsessed with taking the most idiotic straight line possible if she had actually like used a little bit of guile and like you know got some of the other elf politicians on her side and maybe won over a few of the other commanders and convinced them that she was right about this and that even if you know they, it's it's not true they should still make a hundred percent if she had done that and like swayed people to her side and then kind of united them to go after the threat, that would have been a lot better. I just, I don't like how stupid she is. Let me put it, that's probably the best uh, way to put it. They've made her into a rhino. She doesn't know how to do anything but charge in a straight line. I was honestly surprised that she went back with her troops. I thought she was going to go on her own. That was a bit of a surprise. I thought she was going to get them all killed and be stranded up in the mountains. I I would have really preferred it if she'd stuck with her guns and gone on alone. Um, because That's then true, she'd cause... have clarity and finality to the whole thing. Well, there's that, and then I think that just added... I think I lo probably lost even more respect for her after that, because you're right. If she had just... Even if she was, like, she's an idiot, she's just bluntly going to charge ahead, whatever, fuck logic, I, I'm going to get to my goal no matter what. That can be a compelling story. You see that in anime all the time, where people just fucking believe in themselves enough and then they make it through. But um, she didn't, you're right, she she gave up and went back. But that was mostly because her troops mutinied. They all, like, threw down their weapons and were like... Yeah, I would have fucking cut their head off. Yeah, well... <laughs> They did all get their ass kicked. Like, she was the only one that was able to fight that troll in the beginning. But 
what I what I was getting at is like when she goes back, all she does when she gets back to Elf Capital Land is she's just sulky, like, hmm, no one would let me go after Sauron. Boo. Yeah. It was just like Fair enough. she was just like that a, is like a ghost Sauron. <laughs> she was just so whiny. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, the, a character that I didn't think I was going to like, but ended up actually really liking. <laughs> Um, and this, I think, maybe comes from all the promotional material for the show, uh, making this character look absolutely stupid. But um, big old dwarf lady, the dwarf wife from episode two. Uh, there's a lot more before we get to there. Yeah, I know, I know, but I didn't, I didn't know how deep we wanted to go into this. There was, I've, I've heard stories about her, and there was, a pre- there was something that was really wrong about it. I can't remember what it was. Was it like? They didn't have a beard or something? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like, the the female dwarves don't have facial hair like they're supposed to in the lore. But okay, Mm. you know, you're not going to be able to sell bearded ladies to most, you know, the average audience member. I I can kind of see that. Um, It might have also been the fact that... An an ethnic fact... (coughs) Factor. Because... Obviously, dwarves spend their entire lives in the mines. Well, yeah, so there's one of the big controversies. So they that's that's another thing that I've heard a lot about is that some people I were... I not think that was so bad. I think the beard thing is bigger. <laughs> I... This is why I, I'm willing to kind of... I, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I think I'm more willing to accept the show having, like, all these incongruities with mm. Tolkien's lore because... You don't Again, them. it felt like it was just somebody's like off-brand D and D campaign. Um, yeah, because of course, like Tolkien described Lord of the Rings as he was creating like a mythical legend for like England, right? So it's all supposed to be like the English shires and mm. all all of the different people represent different you know peoples and regions from like England and English folklore, um, which is why it's silly for them to have people from that aren't really English. English. Yeah. But again, it's a fantasy world. People want to make their own like fan fiction, go for it, whatever. It doesn't really bother me that much. Mm. In fact, Diversity Elf is one of the ones that I think I really liked the best. Uh, he was a he was a character's plotline that I really enjoyed. Diversity Elf? Which one's that? He's the one who's like the watcher on the wall who he finds the pits. Oh, yeah, 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 that one, yeah. Yeah, so there's... The elves are like occupying this former Mordor territory and the humans hate them because they sided with Sauron or something like that. No, 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 no. (laughs) What? So, so, okay, right. (laughs) The humans didn't side with Sauron. Um, Well, I mean... They sort of did. that, That particular town... The, the furthest most into the Mordor that you see, they had members of their village did do jobs for Sauron on occasion. Yeah. But the reason they hate the elves is because the elves are keeping an eye on the humans. Yeah. They're an occupying yeah. force. Yeah, but they're, they're not like actively doing anything to the humans. They're just watching. Yeah. In fact, they're helping quite a bit. Like, they're walking around seeing if there's any problems and if they can fix them. Honestly, I don't know what the fucking problem is with the humans oh they they want to be left alone they're being interfered with they're they, i think the problem really comes down this is especially a thing in when you're talking about medieval societies the elves are an occupying force 
Like it, yeah. it doesn't matter that they might be doing some surface level things to help them. The fact that they're there, you know, checking in, the, checking in on them, like the Gestapo, like that, that probably that that alone is enough to make them people resent them. Yeah, but if if the Gestapo were looking for people that were you know trying to help Hitler, then we wouldn't have the same kind of. Well, Gestapo is the wrong one for. The, yeah, for yeah, Hitler, I was going to say you're you're um. That's that you got my point. Um, like it's the bad people that they're after. Yeah, but I I'm of the Not opinion the... no that any kind of secret police force like that is always a bad thing. It's not even secret police. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking too much Gestapo, but yeah, I I found it interesting that the elves were not bad or good, but they were kind of morally gray in that situation. Mm. Because at the end of the day, they were an occupying force, keeping an eye on the local populace, which I think is morally wrong. Uh, but at the same time, they weren't like, you know, stomping down on them or like seriously oppressing them. They let's were talk about. Sorry, go on. They were just keeping an eye on them. I was going to say, let's talk about the fight in the hut. <laughs> okay so uh, uh, along the same plot line one of the villagers is like is she like a healer or something like that she's she, or a herbalist or a medicine woman yeah whatever yeah medicine woman lady and she's got like an affair going on with diversity elf and like she has a son i think and his her son is getting like bullied or teased for some reason or another uh there's, there's like a whole side plot with the two of them mm. but uh, while Mother and Elf are away investigating what happened in a northern town, um, and like some weird subterranean monster thing like bursts he, out of the he, floor, the the boy dug it up, I think, from a farmhouse in that far off village, and then he came back with it, and then they went off to the village, and then that so attracted I, I the monster. I think it's only when he picked it up originally that. The village led the knock-on yeah. effect. The village, yeah. We should we should clarify what it is. So it is a sword that he found in a farmhouse. I was talking about the monster yeah. that attacked him, but yeah. So he finds a sword that has like the symbol of Sauron on it, like a hilt of a sword. Not yeah, like... it's like a shattered sword. So it's like mm. it's it's broken partly up the blade, and really all that's left is a hilt. And so. Kid and apparently no one's shown the kid what the mark of Sauron looks like, even though it was fairly recent. Or he he knows what it is and just does he just thinks, oh, that's cool. Oh. He might I got the impression he, he knew what the symbol was and he just didn't For give a, a fuck. Son, he's very dense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's trying to rebel against mommy. But yeah, so he goes back to his house and that attracts some kind of weird monster that's like under the floorboards. Um mm. And turns out it's just the elf and his mum fucking. No, <laughs> <laughs> the two-backed monster. There's um, yeah. Sorry. So they they eventually get back, and of course the house is all torn apart because, well, sorry, only the mother gets back because the elf went under the destroyed town that they found to investigate something, and uh, so mother gets back, and there is a absolutely hilariously choreographed everything about this scene it's didn't make such sense. A bad just everything i mean i found it funny but so like for instance mother comes in sees the house trashed and then opens a cupboard to find her son cowering inside the cupboard and then he goes run and she actually does 
She leaves her fucking son in a cupboard to run well, away. No, she doesn't even run. Oh yeah, she just kind she, of like she, scoots towards the door. She doesn't. Yeah, she wanders and then hides at a slow yeah. pace. She wanders to the door, stops, turns around, and then goes to hide. Yeah. It's it's a very oh god. Anyway, yeah, and then cue a hilarious fight scene where um son is wrestling with the monster and uh the mother just kind of stands there stock still doing nothing. Whoever choreographed this fight like mm. I I feel like they I, I really want someone on YouTube needs to put the Benny Hill music over that fight. <laughs> we could do that. We could. <laughs> It wouldn't be that hard, <laughs> honestly. Immediately get copyright strike again <laughs> <laughs> on yeah, both for the the movie and for the fight uh, and for the music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that whole plot line, minus that weird fight scene, that whole plot line is actually kind of interesting. I like I like Elf Guy, like he's actually pretty cool, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, he got dragged off into a tunnel by something. Also, maybe he's dead. He that, that would suck. Because, like, he's one of the few characters I like in this. Him and Dwarf Guy. The Dwarf thing was not a stupid thing that you found funny, and I did not. I like the Dwarf thing. It was so stupid. Uh, Yeah, pretty much all of episode two was just stuff that I... But again, it's I'm not enjoying it thinking, like, oh, this is, like, cool, epic whatever, like you'd see in Lord of the Rings, because, you know, when they're going on this journey, it's these cool enemies and um interesting characters and you know the epic music swelling as they get into battles or ride across a field or something like that mm-hmm. this is i'm i found a lot of entertainment from this mostly by laughing um there was a lot yeah. of stuff i found goofy and funny in the second episode then there's the half foots which are just kind of dull and not very funny which i, I don't think we need to talk about no i barely uh there's the so this is something i looked up because I thought the whole thing, but so the one thing, there's a guy that falls out of a meteorite who's like some crazy oh, bearded. Gandalf. Yeah. Is that supposed to be Gandalf? Okay, I think I didn't it even... is. He's like an ethereal. Okay, so yeah, meteor man uh, with some magic has some um, interactions with the Harfoots, which because Amazon couldn't get the rights to the Hobbits, so they made up their own. Mm. And um, so they have girl Frodo and girl Samwise Gamgee, mm-hmm. and. I honestly like the the bits with the meteor man and girl Frodo were creeping me out because he's like this, you know, bearded Big old, old dirty hobo, yeah. and she looks like she's twelve. Yeah. But I looked it up. That actress is twenty two. Yep. Welcome How? to modern day makeup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the makeup just. It seems creepy. Anyway, mm. um, but yeah, the plotline, nothing really has happened so far. Um, yeah. Um, they, yeah, they take care of a hobo and some shenanigans happen in the, not the Shire. And second episode, Galadriel, she's sent off on a boat to the promised land. She jumps off the boat in the middle of buttfuck nowhere with no floating yeah. device, which is just stupid. Like, yeah. at least just go to the promised land and get a fucking boat back again. Yeah, just like, take it. Take the return Uber. Like, don't Jesus. Like, you just killed yourself by jumping in the. Or what? They couldn't turn the boat around either. This is going back to my point earlier. She's she's just a, a being of straight lines. Like she could have, like you said, gone to the promised land, garnered support, like found, like warned people that this shit isn't over, and then won people back to like 
sail back and then she'd have some political clout. But no, she's going to jump in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah. Which is terrifying enough as it is. And then she finds, oh my goodness, some people I can climb up on the raft. Oh, they're horrible people. Don't worry, they're dead now because of a giant monster. You don't need a giant monster as a peril when you're in the middle of the sea. Well, the other thing is, I don't even think they were horrible people. Well, no, that's what they're trying to make you think. That we're, but they're yeah, like, oh, but hang on, it's these a fucking are, elf. Well, the other thing is, these are people who are acting perfectly rational. Like, they're stranded in the middle of the ocean, they barely have enough food and water for themselves, maybe. Um, and now here's a person who is, like, oppressing the humans, um, these, these fucking elves, and... There now we're gonna bring her on the boat too and give her food and water. Like there was that one there was a one lady on the boat who was like advocating, oh no, we have to bring her on board. And then Logic Man standing next to her was like, No, we don't have enough food and water for us. Are you a moron? And so It was very clearly though like a hammed up uh political message. Yeah, it was it was a, a moment of don't think about this too hard. Don't these people sound evil? Look, they sound evil. You should hate them. Look, they mm. got eaten by a fish. Now you should feel good. Clap, seals. Mm. And uh, and then the monster just disappears, as I recall. It does, and one of them, you know, the uh, the guy who is like clearly put in the story to be Galadriel's man meat, uh, just like. It's like the only person on the boat who is relatively clean and had a cool haircut and uh, was... Just fucking signs their death warrant. It was just... So he he pushes off and lets everyone else die. And then, you know, the two of them bond on their tiny raft. Mm. It's like, oh, you've got a sad backstory. Server, you've just let six people die. You have no right to have a sad backstory at this point. Honestly, no. Fuck. Those two are made for each other. Because they're well, both shitty people. Well, I hope the giant fucking fish comes back is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, That'd be a great twist. Collateral um, gets eaten by a fish. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I really don't like that character. No, I think that's what we left. She didn't make landfall or anything, did she? No, they're still at sea. They've they've just had their bonding moment talking about their tragic backstories. Which, again, yeah. lends credence to my uh, statement. This is just a D&D campaign. Because what would happen? What do two D and D players stranded alone on a, a raft? They're gonna tell each other their backstory. Oh my god, they are. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then they're probably gonna fuck. <laughs> it's probably also gonna happen. <laughs> uh, oh god. But no. So. Uh, to, to 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 wind up on this topic, do you want to talk about the dwarves? Yes. So in episode two, the other subplot that's going on is, um, what's his name? Uh, Elrond? Elrond is essentially doing what Galadriel should have done. Like, he still believes her that there's some kind of a threat out there. And so he starts making political moves and working behind the scenes to try and find a way to like make sure they're prepared if this threat is still out there and, and whatnot. And so he's working with the king and then he gets assigned. No, nope. <laughs> no, because remember he um he starts working with the forge guy, the ring yeah, power to make maker. A, a work of art. Yeah. It wasn't a work of art, it was some kind of a like a tower that did something. Yeah, it was like a, a manor well kind of thing. Yeah. Uh but the, like a calibrim oh sorry, it, it, he's going to make a forge that could make the most powerful equipment 
Yeah. Well, and my, yes, my, Calderon. my point was like, he believes her though. Like he believes what she said. And, but he's not, friends. but he's not doing something like stupid and alienating all the people he's going to need. If she happens to be right, he's actually work anyway. But yeah. He starts working with forge man who is actually a character from the, what, what is his name? The ghost guy from Calibramore. Calibramore. Yeah. So the guy that made the rings and well, he's uh, going to make the rings. So they, they realize they need some labor to help make this forge. And so they go to visit the dwarves, which cue like some more of my favorite characters. So he has like this best friend that he apparently offended who's a dwarf. And they get have like a big rock breaking contest with a lot of oh, really, yeah, really talk about sorry, really close up shots of like shouting angry dwarves it was just there's some odd camera angles in that scene what do we need to talk about first armor armor on the elves armor on the wall elves and armor on the dwarves oh, okay yeah so yeah in terms of costume design the like the supreme super generals of the the elven army like galadriel and all her peers they have armor Basic that plate mail it looks like it was beaten out of a sheet of a, like crappy tin foil like there's no nothing on it that makes it look cool it's just plain ass default plate mail i didn't think to check does she have like the classic boo armor which directs sword points directly into your sternum <laughs> i don't think so actually i think they just gave her normal armor okay Let, hold on okay <laughs> Things um, of power. I just want to just... Uh, wow, I spelled Galadriel wrong. There we go. It's an elf word. Uh, bu -bu 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 wow, none of the images are from the actual Rings of Power TV show. Oh. It's like all the way down. It's super low down on the searches. No, she just has like... Um, no, she has the same plate mail on as everybody else. Okay. So, I mean, credit credit for that, at least. They didn't give her boob armor, which... Yeah. Um, that's more of a video game thing, anyway, in my opinion. Well, no, it's more of a Marvel thing these days. That's that's true. But anyway, so, yeah, so these supreme, like, mega commanders, they have just generic, normal-ass plate mail. And then the watchers on the wall, the, like, the bow elf that is investigating stuff... Uh, around the humans there they have this really really cool looking what you would imagine elven armor to look like it's all stylized with like kind of leaf and vine motifs and stuff and then well i mean and, and the then dwarves the dwarves have really flimsy crap looking armor if i recall they do but the dwarven i, I didn't really pay much attention to the armor because the architecture was just like spectacular like, they gave the dwarves this really, like, sharp, angular, like, almost Art Deco-looking, like, architecture. Like, yeah. um, it just looked really, really cool, the scene where they're going through the, the dwarven city. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, the rock smashing. Yeah, so there, there's a contest. For some reason, uh, Elrond thought they were going to be welcomed warmly, but they're told to fuck off, and he challenges the head dwarf to something. And um, it's a rock smashing contest. And if he loses, he gets banished uh, and he does lose. And then as they're going out, Dwarf Man um, tells him 
you know, he's like, oh, it's been 20 years or something like that. And just kind of says it casually, but gruffly. And Elrond not picking up on this is like, oh, God, it's only been 20 years. Wow. How the time or it's like, I thought it would I thought it'd been longer. And the guy is getting like offended. He finally busts out. He's like, yeah, 20 years. You missed my wedding. You missed my kids being born. You missed all this, this stuff. It's like, where the, you know, 20 years is nothing to an elf, but we don't live like you. And so they, they have like a little heart to heart. He manages to get, uh, to meet his wife. And, um, I don't know. I felt like that that was, that was kind of a, a, a nice little wholesome scene where, um, they, they sort of make up over the course of having dinner and, you know, gruff dwarf is slowly, but surely kind of warming back up to him and going like, ah, I don't want to, you know, he's still my friend. He was, yep. it was an honest mistake. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that, that bit. I like the dwarf yeah. characters. I want to see where things are going to go, but at the moment, I, I, mm. I kind of would just like to see, now nah, I'm going to reserve that for later. Um, because I don't know where the, the, the show's going to go, but, um, uh, I am very much on the fence about whether I like this or not at the moment. At the moment, I, I, I'm wanting to watch the next episode, but I, I, I think there's a, a definite high chance that they might fuck it up. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm on the fences. I've been more or less getting a lot of amusement out of it. Um, there's, I was expecting it to be bad, like really bad. And the mm. fact that it hasn't been god-awful. Really bad, no. Yeah, it's, there's, there's a few characters that I deeply dislike. There's a few plot points that are eminently retarded. And, but there are a few characters that I actually am surprisingly becoming invested in and want to know more about what happens to them. Um, one character that, like, so the dwarf guy, Elrond's friend, his wife, um, she was a character I thought I wasn't going to like at all. Because in all the promotional material, they made her look absolutely stupid. Like, they made her look just... She reminds me of Chromie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty close comparison. Uh, Chromie being a character from uh, here, Here's of the Storm. I keep wanting to say uh, Heart of the yeah. Storm. World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft character. I, d- I never know if they're original or not. Um, but yeah, she in the actual show, she ended up not being that bad a character. Like, I actually really enjoyed the scene with her in it. Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, we'll watch a few more. Update yep. again, but uh, not... Probably in uh, about a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say... And this is something I imagine if you were an actual like fan of Lord of the Rings, probably not going to like the show because I don't know the lore that well. But my understanding is that they have bastardized it pretty heavily. And the same way that I could enjoy the live action Cowboy Bebop, but Kaiser couldn't. Yeah. Same for here. Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've gone over, but you know, we were we were going through everything we saw. We're going for an hour, aren't we? Oh, are we? Oh, all right. We're trying that format out. Uh, Vinland. I think I've told you a little bit about it before. It's a Viking anime. Vinland Saga, right? Yep. Okay. I know uh, of it. We've been watching more. I think we're on like episode 7 or something now. Really fucking enjoying it. It is like uh, that Viking film we watched 
before, and I made like a million notes on how I hated it. Oh, the Northman. The Northman. Um, except I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think you would really enjoy it. Um, it's very. It, it it's like they took the time. Where in the Northman, it was like very clear from the moment the character introduced that the king was going to die, that the child was going to go off and become forged by wolves. They take the time to uh, not just montage things and say, oh, suddenly they're this age, kind of thing. Um, there's a, f a, a bit of gr um, gore mixed into it, but it's all... It's not unnecessary gore. You're not, like, seeing uh, no-no-touch scenes every other scene. And you... They definitely give you time to get to see the different characters' personalities. Um, hmm. And how rough it was, and how barbaric the Vikings were. Um, it does get a bit anime at some points. Let's well, um, I mean, along the the same lines of you know animes like that that kind of demonstrate how rough things are, um, but it all serves mm -hmm. a purpose. I'm still reading through Berserk. I'm on, I just finished the eighth of the big like collection books, so I've got I've got the ninth one. I've just got to read it, or I've got to yeah. start it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, making a very good show from a very grim situation. Uh, like we're on episode 7 or 8 at the moment, and we've been almost binging it, which for us, we don't generally watch... We're, we're not bingers, me and me and E. Uh, mostly because she doesn't let me binge. <laughs> um, but, but we have been watching this quite a bit recently, so... Nice. Uh, we've been watching that, and we've been watching. Uh, oh god, it has such a bad name, and it's not even a good anime. It's pure like um, Michael Bay shit. Explosions. Uh, a high, a high rise, something. Oh, you just reminded me of something I want to talk about. Okay, it's about like a bunch of random people get dropped in a world where it's all just the top of buildings. You can't go down from the top of the buildings. And there's a bunch of masked people walking around trying to make people commit suicide. Um, and it's gruesome, it's gory. The story is... Oh, God. The the people are so badly written that it's funny. So you get gore, and then funny, and then etc. Um, and like, oh my God. This high school girl, you know, picks up a... A, a decent caliber pistol and is just fucking pinpoint accurate with that thing at, at you know 40 meters or whatever it is i mean uh, honestly oh yeah that's a very long distance yeah sorry and, I, think, know, I was <laughs> i was thinking 40 feet and then i realized you said meters and i'm like oh yeah and quite often with one hand as well um uh and then you know, you know, a murderer comes up with claws and is slashing at the main character. And, oh, oh, they didn't quite manage to pierce the skin, but they certainly ripped open the front of her jacket all the way down. <laughs> and Alicia, <laughs> Alicia just burst out laughing. He was like, "There's the van service for this episode." <laughs> oh God, the boobies. Yep. Um, actually, but, yeah, 
Go on. No, 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 no. I, I thought you were done. Oh, I was just going to say, they didn't go through the part. There's no actual like nudity, but there's lots of cool. So. Uh, the on the subject of actually anime um while i so i was traveling for work this week and mm. uh, when i got back to the hotel there wasn't really much to do there was a hotel just next to the airport so there really wasn't much to do at night yeah um so i had netflix going on the tv while i was you know working in the evening and there was uh there was a show it was a netflix original and it's based on so it's cyberpunk so cyberpunk oh, yeah, edge runners this. it looks like yeah. comic comic strippy it's so it's it's anime and it's it's done by a fairly well-known japanese studio i can't remember the name of them but it's actually the whole show is written by the people who wrote the story for the cyberpunk uh 2077 right, game. game yeah and it kind of showed me that they can actually write really really good stories i mean they they did the witcher so but mm. Yeah, I, I ended up watching the, I think it's like 10 or 13 half hour episodes, and I ended up watching all of them over the course of the business trip. So just in the, the evenings, I'd watch like, you know, two or three episodes, go to bed, and over the course of the whole trip, I finished all of them. And nice. um, yeah, because it was just, it was so good. And it's all self-contained. Like, I don't think there's not, the way it's written, there isn't going to be like another season of it. On a scale of uh, Arcane being 10 and, I don't know, something really crap being 0, where would you put it? What did you, what did you say was 10? Arcane. Oh, it's definitely up there with Arcane. I'd oh, say yeah. um, I, I probably liked Arcane a bit better. Um, but part of that is like the nostalgia factor where I kind of, I knew all the characters and kind of, um, was already invested in them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool watching how their stories went. Um, so you'd say like an eight for, for this show. I'd give point. it, I'd give it like an eight easily. Like mm. it's, it's so good. The music's pretty well done. Um, the, the animation style, it has that kind of like, you know, neon kind of nighttime look to it. The neon, like noir kind of look to it. You'd expect from something set in the cyberpunk universe. Um, the characters are all very compelling. They do a very good job giving them all personality in a relatively short series. Like, there was one character that kind of just... Like, she was only in the series for maybe the last two-thirds or maybe the last half of it. Um, but I ended up, like, you know, becoming really, really invested in the... Just, just It is very much a... Um, invested in the, like the cyberpunk war uh, world so there is a lot of violence a lot of like life being taken casually and a lot of like drugs and nudity but it it again it's not done just for its own sake a lot of the time it's it's done to kind of build that world um and it has quite i don't know if i would call the ending bittersweet but it, it, it's a satisfying ending, I, I found. Like, mm. I kind of saw the ending coming around episode, like, 11 or 12. So, right uh, a few episodes before the end. But, yeah, I think it, there's just a lot of payoff into it. It's all, it's all really well put together. They tie everyone's story up nicely in the end. Um, and it was just a very enjoyable watch to the point where 
I kind of just want to rewatch it again. Mm. Um, in fact, I watched the last episode twi- twice because I just wanted to see it again. It was, nice. and it's just a, it's it's one of those things. Sometimes I'll have something on in the background and not necessarily watch it. Watch it, but this was something I actually wanted to keep my eyes on because um, it was just it was really well animated, really well done. But yeah, highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Bam. Uh, okay, I got one more small thing. Okay. Um, what's with the new era of um, cheap tricks that game video game companies coming out with? Um, this has hit the headlines this last week. There is a new mount in a game called Tower of Fantasy. I don't know if you've heard about this. I get YouTube ads for it constantly. Do you? Yeah. Wow. It's annoying. Well, it's um, big at the moment because they've released a new mount, and it's a two-seater mount. Oh my god! And you know that's called a camel. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I think camel. You only sit one foot. All right. Do you they sit have... on top of the hump on a camel? Uh, I, I don't know. Do I think that, if surely. I think there are some camels that have multiple humps, and you can kind of sit on. No, I have ca- no camels idea. do have two humps. I have no idea. water in them. Okay. I don't know how you use camels. I just said that. <laughs> like, do you sit between the humps? Or on top? Anyway. Um, this is a question and, for the ages. And, um, yeah, so how much do you... Re- it's it's a... It's it's an expensive mount. How much do you reckon this mount would cost? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. You think? Ten bucks. Do you think I'd be bringing up this topic if it was 10 bucks? God, what is it, like 50? <laughs> so this mount is works off a gacha mechanic where uh, there's like a, a machine full of these balls and you just have to keep, you know, getting balls out and hopefully you get it. Yeah. Uh, where the maximum price to get this mount is $900. For a mount. <laughs> swallow. Swallow. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry. i just taken a sip of tea and I... Almost feel died. That was 900 fucking dollars. Yep. And uh, let me tell you, this mount looks really shit. It also kind of looks like a camel. It's like a cyber camel. <laughs> Um, also, I believe in this game, from what I've heard, you can't actually jump on mount. Like, if you jump, the mount disappears. So, you're going around with, you know, your bay that you definitely don't have because you just spent $900 on a fucking mount beside the camel. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up this game to see, like, what screenshots it, of it, it look like. It looks a lot like, um... As in, the game looks a lot like uh, Genshin Impact. It really does, yeah. Okay. It looks a lot like it. Um, so, yeah, so you're going along and then, you know, you try and jump over a rock and suddenly your friend gets kicked off the camel as well. <laughs> because so $900 for that. Would you believe it? Um, I, so, I, go on. So... Gotcha mechanics, right? You know, you, there's going to be an amount of times you have to play before you can randomly get this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, th- there's... This is relevant. The trip I was on this week for work, I was in Reno. Mm. That whole state, big around gambling. Reno is like discount Las Vegas. Um, 
the airport had more slot machines than gates. And I figured, I've got like three hours to kill before my flight. I'll try this. I hate slot machines. I've never understood why people like them. But I tried it. Yeah. I pushed a button like 50 times and lost 20 Is this bucks. Gonna be a sto- okay. That's it. And I still don't understand the point of them. That, what you're talking about there, I just, it, it's the same thing in my mind. Why would you just, why would you pay money for that? It's it's not even gambling though. It's just feeding money because you don't get any money back. It's not you're not gambling for anything as such. I, I, you're I gambling say. for a shitty mount that kicks your friends off. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> fucking awful. Like, I, mean, I, I totally understand why they did it because it's almost like a it's a test for your community. It's like who's stupid enough? Because you know there's people stupid enough to buy that thing. I don't understand people who play these types of like mobile. It looks like a mobile game, but it's... Is it a mobile game? Can you play it? Is it like a phone game or is it like a uh, PC game? I that... don't know. I'm assuming it's a PC game because I think Asmund's been playing it. Okay. I just... Yeah, I understand it even less. It just... Yeah. <sighs> it, How far we've come. It's absolutely that thing of... You know, Diablo Immortal people are like, okay, we are putting this game out to millions of people... If 10 people decide to max out their account, we've just paid for the entire project. That's the thing. I mean... And by I, the way, Diablo Immortal is still coming up with new mechanics now so that people can spend even more. I legit just play it a couple times like on my phone. Yeah. Um, and I, I run out, punch some things, and run back. I haven't actually really... I, I've, I've basically dropped that game now. It, it held my attention for a little bit. Hmm. Um... The so sorry, I'm sure that game companies are doing this too because I found out I was reading this um, the other day. Apparently, Twitter when they designed the system so that when you log in, there's a purposeful delay before it'll show you how many notifications you have, and oh. the, and they actually manually adjusted that time. By consulting with people who like who make like uh, slot machines and like gambling devices, yeah, yeah because they, have they done for years they they do it to like get the maximum like dopamine hit when that that notification mm. pops up and you're like, it's and I feel like it's probably the same thing in these games like they they maximize it to give you the the dopamine hit and just get people hooked. I don't know. I just I was watch I was like you know what I was watching a video on this um some some YouTuber that I, I follow um. They they were talking about the the concept of like the forever game, and that that seems to be the way things are going. So like, even the way the games are reported on now, they talk about the number of like active users that they have. Right. Even if it's a single player game, they're like, oh, Elden Ring lost X amount of users this week. It's like no shit. It's a single player game. People beat yeah. it and they move on. Yeah. But that makes that that framing makes it sound like it's a bad thing. Like. No, it's like that game was a huge success. I, I, not every game needs to be the next like you know Hots or League of Legends or something that you're just you play it all the time and it's just, you just log in, well, you play a game, I don't and know you about Hots being a good example, but League. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a yeah a game that what I mean is a game you log in, you play a match, you log out, and nothing really changes. You might unlock a skin, you might unlock a character. There might be yeah. a new map this week, but you're essentially there's no end of the mm. game. Or like if there's a ranked season. I think those games are good. It's certainly like whenever there's a game drought, I know these are the first things I turn to. 
they they serve a purpose and they're they're like they fit a niche in the industry they are the filler arc of gaming <laughs> yeah my problem is it feels like a lot of games now like they're being treated as the gold standard for what all games should be and i'm like no like a good we need it we need our games like you know the witcher 3 which is just an entire self-contained experience they're the gold standard for making the business money yeah actually no i tell you why phone games are the gold standard for making businesses money specifically phone games because they have the biggest fucking audience by a country they really mile do. they really do and i don't understand it no when you consider that cookie clicker games are kind of making more than <laughs> yeah you know, actual properly made games it's like okay so now essentially anyone making a game is I, doing it as a passion project now. I, I legit got into a cookie clicker game a few years back for a while. Yeah. And I, I, I played it for like a few months and I wasted a lot of time and oh, got yeah. like got nothing out of it. I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. Make the numbers bigger. No, I did it once as well on it was a Steam game at least, so it wasn't on my phone. Um But yeah, completely There's only one mobile game, what I call them, like a game on my. So I have Diablo Immortal on my phone, obviously, because I was, mm. I downloaded it for the meme and then actually enjoyed like playing around with it. It's is kind of fun to play it on the on the phone. The controls are pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing to fiddle around with when you're on the toilet. If I'm honest, like that's that's yeah. the purpose it serves. Um, but on my tablet, I actually have the original Kotor game. Hmm. Uh, and that's that's one of the only mobile games I've ever bought because it was like ten bucks to buy it, and it was a a, a bit glitchy at times. Which mm. I mean, it's an older game; it is in general, but it's fun. I, I you know I beat the game on my tablet. It was a nice little thing to fiddle around with, and that that game is actually, but it's not. There's no microtransactions. There's no like weird addiction mechanics. Just a game. I have never, ever spent money on a mobile game. But I do... I mean, like, uh, in-game purchases? In which yes. case, I haven't either. Uh, I haven't made in-game purchases. I haven't bought any apps. Yeah. I've yeah, bought... Like I can actually count on one hand the mobile games that I've bought. Yeah. I've bought Tetris for my phone twice. And yeah. I've bought KOTOR. So, right. Three. Kotal's an actual game, though. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there's three three games that I play on my phone. Uh, Pokemon Go, because it's unique. Uh, that's true, I have Pokemon Go on there. I, I forgot about um, that one. And even then, I go off of it for a very long amount of time, and then I'll come back to it for a bit. Mm. Uh, Pikmin, which is basically the same as Pokemon Go. It's by the same company. It's literally the same servers i think <laughs> yeah probably almost um, definitely and uh sudoku because it's an offline game and yeah. it can keep me entertained i know it sounds sad for a very long time it's true and, and, and sudoku is actually like a it's a good mental exercise too so you're getting something out of it if it didn't have ads on it which is the price you have for free then i would play even more the ads are a pain yeah. in the ass but there you go. That's why in the past I've bought Tetris for a phone is because there's no ads and I just want to sit down and play it. 
Um, Honestly, I might do that for the Sudoku. I don't know how much it costs. How much does it cost? While you're nattering away. Yeah. So the Tetris, I know for in the case of Tetris, um, depending on the version I was buying, it costs like maybe around five to eight dollars. Um, and the amount I played those Tetris games, uh, that actually was kind of worth it. Uh, Four pounds fifty to remove ads. That's that's not that's about the same price actually. That's about eight bucks. Yeah, I mean it's a bit. It's a bit, a little bit steep. Actually, that's a little. It's even like, cheaper. Yeah, it's around seven. Um, well, okay, no, that's five. That's four fifty pounds, not dollars. Yeah, I know. I was doing the conversion, oh, so it's about seven dollars. Um, because yeah, I think sorry, the, I just found a statistics page. Now I have played. I have a win rate of ninety eight point seven percent. Nice. Uh, I've won two hundred thirty four Sudoku puzzles. Nice. Um, let's see, mate. Uh, overall time. It says best time and average time. I wish I could see overall time. But it, it probably would be bad for them to show that on a game like this. Because then people would be like, oh god, I've spent so much time on, on <laughs> Yeah, game, games like that, you really don't want to have the... Uh, well, I mean, if, you're, if you've already just paid for it, then I guess it doesn't matter. How much time mm. you play on it? Because it's they're not getting anything more out of you. No, well, hang on. I think they do have another thing, way of getting money out of you. I, uh, can you like buy more puzzles or something? Restore purchases. Oh, maybe not then. I like how they have. Obviously, it's like some legacy code where they made another app where there were multiple kinds of purchases. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I, I mean, it's very simple. It's a white screen with bits of black writing on it. It doesn't need to have dopamine noises and colors. And Yeah, I used to do Sudokus a lot, like back in high school. Um, they'd, they'd have, like, free newspapers at our high school in the front entryway. Mm. And, like, mostly it was just the teachers that took them, if anyone. Uh, but my friend and I always used to take them and in homeroom before like so the way the, the schools were set up is like you'd gather in your first classroom until like the first bell rang and it was time to start and so we just solved them there it was a nice yeah. nice easy way to start the morning yeah i don't know anything else from you or i think that's actually i mean we're talking about sudoku at this point i think it's probably <laughs> a good place to wrap up the podcast oh yeah. since i didn't say this at the beginning um you, know, you may have noticed the format's a bit different this time around. We're trying out something different. Unless we have something we specifically want to split out into segment three, um, we might just continue with a single theme and kind of go off and talk how we will throughout the podcast. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, but I felt like it, it went fairly well without the break in the middle. Um, yeah. Segment three will come yeah. back if we have a specific game or quiz or something we want to do. But mm, absolutely. All right. Well then, uh, this is going to be the end of episode 95 of the TMZJ podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again in hopefully two weeks. Charles.